When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. What is your board's investigation protocol? Many companies have an investigation protocol in place when a potential FCPA or other legal issue arises. And here I'm talking about the legal department or the compliance department. However, many boards of directors do not have the same rigor when it comes to an investigation, which should be conducted or led by the board of directors or the compliance committee or the audit committee of the board itself. The consequences of this lack of foresight can be problematic because if the board of directors does not get an investigation which it leads correct, the consequences to the company its reputation and value can all be quite severe. The vast majority of investigations will be handled directly by in-house counsel. However, when, if and when such an investigation led by the board is needed, it is critical that it be handled with great care and skill. While this task is fraught with peril, there are a number of steps a board of directors can take to ensure that the investigation accomplishes the board's goal which will enable it to make an informed decision and withstand scrutiny by third parties. Because it is this third-party scrutiny in the form of regulators, government officials, judges or arbitrators, or even plaintiff's counsel and shareholder derivative actions who will be reviewing any investigation commissioned by a company's board of directors. Bayless and Oberon have suggested five goals that any investigation of the board of directors should meet. Number one, thoroughness. Questions that any regulator might pose is simply, how thorough is your investigation? To test this, to test whether they can rely on the facts discovered without having to repeat the investigation themselves. Regulators tend to be skeptical of investigations where limits are placed, expressly or otherwise, on the investigators in terms of what is investigated or how the investigation is conducted. The questions can be an initial deal killer, particularly if regulators involved view an investigation as insufficiently thorough, where its credibility is undermined. Of course, this can also lead to the dreaded where else question. Number two, objectivity. Investigations must follow the facts wherever they lead, regardless of the consequences. This includes how the findings may impact senior management or other company employees. An investigation seen as lacking in objectivity will be viewed by outsiders as inadequate or deficient. I would add that in addition to the objectivity requirement specified in a board-led investigation, the same must be had with the investigators themselves. 
If a company uses its regular outside counsel, it may be viewed with some skepticism, particularly if the client is a high-volume client for the law firm involved, either in terms of dollars or the number of matters handled by the firm. Number three, accuracy. As in any part of a best practices anti-corruption compliance program, the three most important things are document, document. This means that the factual findings in an investigation must be well supported. For if the developed facts are not supported, the investigation is open to collateral attack by skeptical prosecutors and regulators. If that happens, the time and money spent on an internal investigation will have been wasted because the government will end up conducting its own investigation of the same issues. This is never good, and your company will lose what little credibility and goodwill that it may have engendered by self-reporting and, indeed, self-investigating. Here I would also turn to prong two of the FCPA pilot program, which requires extraordinary cooperation in the investigation. If you do not have accuracy in your investigation, you may well lose credit into the pilot program, certainly as to prong two. Timeliness. In the world of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and its enforcement, an internal investigation should be done quickly, yet efficiently. This has become even more necessary with the tight deadlines under Dodd-Frank, whistleblower provisions. But there are other considerations for a public company, such as impending SEC quarterly or annual reports that may need to be deferred absent a timely resolution of the matter. Lastly, the DOJ or SEC may view delaying as an, in, an investigation as simply a part of document spoilation. So timeliness is crucial. And here I would once again point to the pilot program where, and indeed back to the Yates memo, where it specified that as quickly as possible, a company needs to investigate and turn over information on individuals to the Department of Justice to receive any credit under the Yates memo. And this was certainly memorialized in the pilot program. And finally, credibility. One of the realities of any FCPA investigation is that a board of directors-led investigation is reviewed after the fact by not only skeptical third parties, but sometimes years after the initial events and investigation. So there is the opportunity for Monday morning quarterbacking and also quite a bit of post-event analysis. Any board of directors-led investigation must be and must be perceived to be as credible as to what was done, how it was done, and who did it. Otherwise, the board-led investigation may well have been all for naught. So what are the three key takeaways from day 10? I think the most important thing, which has been the most important thing for some time, but has been made even more so after the Yates memo and the pilot program, is credibility. This could certainly impact who you bring in to do investigations. Your regular in-house firm simply may not have the credibility with the government. That leads to takeaway number two, which is objectivity. You must have objectiveness. You must follow the facts. Certainly, you do not have to assess blame at this point, but you have to follow the facts. And this is made more important by the Yates memo. You have to turn over information on individuals who may have been involved prior to the, or when you self-report. And finally, thoroughness. There's always a dynamic tension between 
doing too much and being thorough if you have an allegation that is centered in one country, such as China, that can be ring-fenced and done relatively quickly. However, if you have allegations across a geographic region or other geographic regions, this could require additional work, additional investigation, additional resources, and additional disruption of your company. Nevertheless, you must be thorough and you must be willing, ready, and able to demonstrate to regulators that you have been thorough. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. We're going to take a look at the role of the Board of Directors in a Best Practices Compliance Program. This production of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you will join me again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.